Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. raise your pricing, you're going to win over your competitor. And you see, there are three things we, te- we teach people, like in our consulting program. Three things. First, you can decide to charge to sell to the 70% of people who want you to sell stuff for $47. Or you can decide to sell to the 20 something percent of people who want you to sell stuff for them for $500. Or you can decide to sell to the 3% of people who don't mind about pricing because they value their time over money. But most people make a mistake. They, 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 they don't care about, they, they, they waste all the time, you know, going after market that have that value money over time. And that's the problem. So if you've got to market, if you go to people who value money over time, you're going to keep having price resistant because these people, they don't have the money. What they have enough of is time. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. Now, if you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with author, speaker, and founder of Smart Hustle Media, Ramon Ray, and with leadership master coach, Catherine Canty, then go listen in. They're well worth listening to, but stay here and listen to this episode first. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Johnson Emmanuel who's the founder of one of the fastest-growing digital marketing agencies, Havanza. Havanza have clients located all around the world. Africa.com refers to Emmanuel as the number one marketing magician, and his clients refer to him as the marketing genius. He's considered the number one authority when it comes to engineering, wildly profitable campaigns, strategies, and systems that attract affluent clients consistently. His marketing strategies, his systems, and his campaigns generate well over $100 million in revenue every year for his clients. Johnson is the best-selling author of the book Deep Pocket Clients and has been featured on countless top-ranked business and marketing shows around the world. In our discussion today, Johnson talked to me about identifying and working with high-value clients. We talked about the mindset of marketing as an investment, and he explained his magic offer sequence to give 10x value. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Johnson Emmanuel. 
Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast from Lagos in Nigeria, Johnson Emmanuel, who's a trained medical doctor turned marketer. He's the founder and head of growth of the marketing agency Havanza. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Johnson. It's a real privilege to have you here as my guest. Thank you for having me on the show, Jürgen. I am excited to be on the show today. Let's dig it. Yeah, let's do that. And and you're my first guest from Lagos in Nigeria, so it's a real special privilege. Now, Thank you. Um, your marketing agency works with clients from around the world, and last year you generated well over a million, a hundred million dollars in sales. I was underselling you there a bit. Hundred million dollars in sales <laughs> for for your clients using your proprietary marketing system. So I'm really excited to dig into that a little bit more and learn how you execute those systems in their businesses. But before we do that, what is it that drives you and, and how does that shape what you do today? What drives me, it's um, love for people, love for humanity, the desire to help people. So when I go to my bed every night, I'm thinking, how can I help this person? How can I help more people achieve more in their business? Because here's the thing, I strongly believe one of the cardinal uh, um, areas of happy people is their finances, is their businesses, and all those things. So if you get that right, you'll be helping them, helping people save jobs, keep jobs, and all those things. So what drives me is that um, when I see people, businesses are suffering, and we're able to come in to help them, it makes me happy, it keeps me going, and it makes me very, very satisfied. Mm, so making a, a change for people and, and having an impact in a, in the sense of actually delivering some financial reward for them that helps their lifestyle. I, correct. But when I got started, like I always tell people, most people, I tell them, look, when I got started, the goal was to make money. I'll be honest with that. Like, so as somebody who's from Africa, our goal was, hey, let's make some money. Let's generate money for businesses. That's what we wanted to do, right? So... When you started making money, the next point was like, you know, you have you have a lot of money, you have a lot of investment, but sometimes you still don't feel it. You don't feel happy, you don't feel fulfilled, you don't feel satisfied. Because at that point I felt no, something has got to change. My mission has got to change. And that mission became how do I help people hit their own goals? You know, when you help people, you get more of what you want. Mm. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And did you find that when you made that change in mindset, that that your success, like it, it changed the success yeah. that we, you were having? My success became exponential. Like everything about me changed for the better. Like my life became better for me. I became a happier person. I became a better person. Like I, I became more fulfilled person. Right. So you see, you can have all the money in the world. Yet you still not be satisfied. You still feel like you don't have anything, even if you have all the money in the world. So when I changed that mindset, everything changed for me, and uh, I think it's one of the high points of my career. Really, being able to know that look, you've got to change, you've got to do things differently, and that really, really helped me. Hmm. Fascinating. Now, um, you you mentioned in some of your background material that. Um, well, you're you're a trained medical doctor, and 
you mentioned in some of your background material that you've always been in marketing. So tell us a little bit more about that. Were you actually in medical practice at some point? No, I didn't practice medicine at any point. I only graduated a medical doctor and left. So why, okay. why, why in school? I was always running after mixing, after marketing. I was only doing lots of marketing and I was always rushing after marketing because my mind, my heart, my desire has always been marketing. Like it's a thing because I grew up from a family, from a very poor family. I came up from a poor family. So um, back in Africa, you needed to help your parents to, to you know, make a living. Or if you don't help your parents, they will not be able to take care of the family. So as an African child, you have to help your parents. And how do you do that? You help them by selling stuff, by running a local little family business. So you help them do all those kind of little, little things. And by doing that, you become better. You know, you become better as a person. You, 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 it was that way I learned marketing. You know, whilst I, I was helping mm -hmm. my parents, I started learning, hey, so when my mom, Okay, basically we were hawking. So I used to hawk stuff, right? We hawk stuff from one place, from one location to another location, like around the city, we're all hawking stuff. So when you carry this thing on your head and you're hawking it, stuff like grand nuts, you're hawking it on the street. So you began to learn how to sell these things. So I remember one location, there was a local market where my mom was really doing well in that market. So she had a major competitor too, who was also doing well in that market, right? So. I went to that market. I went to that market and I conquered the market. I started selling more than my mom and her competitor. So at the point, my mom was, my mom, ah, come on, you just came from nowhere and then you're selling more than us. How are you doing it? I develop a local, <laughs> I develop a local strategy. So when I go to the market and I see people who are, like it's a motor spear pass market. So when I see people who are who are, you know, not doing anything, who are not busy. When I go there, I scream on top of my voice, like, hey, look at me here. So when, why? the reason I scream was because I wanted to get their attention. And I was a little boy. So I started marketing like that. When I got into the university, I was also marketing stuff. I was selling loads of stuff. Like, so um, I had a little local business and I was selling more than my competitor. And that's how marketing has been, you know, part of me all my life. But I didn't recognize it until 2000, until the early 2000, 2001, that's when I recognized that, look, look, listen, I'm up to something big because I was doing lots of stuff. So I, I knew that I was naturally a marketer. I was a natural born marketer. Mm. That's fascinating. And, and so why did you found Havanza then? So you just kind of decided to go into the, into the agency business? Okay, fantastic question. So in 2004, I started marketing, I started um, online business, I started running, doing online stuff um, seriously. If you remember, the, 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 the dot-com boom was in 2000, and in 2004, I started, you know, doing, selling stuff, get, I became uh, online, I got online professionally, so I was making some decent money, and then I was getting some decent clients, but then in Africa, because the internet was still relatively new in Africa, particularly in Nigeria at the time, most people were not actually making um, money. They were not making sales, you know, they, or they were not buying from us. They didn't believe that people could buy stuff, people could make money from the internet. They didn't believe that the internet could actually help them sell stuff. Most people did not. So we had a tough time. So I continued on that path until 2008. 2008, I decided, look, I was tired. Like, I want to switch market. One. Because the African market was not really, 
They didn't understand. You know, in marketing, you have a choice. You can decide to keep selling to people who don't know anything about what you're selling. Or you can switch market to people who are relatively have who have relative understanding or don't know how to execute. What I mean by that is in Africa at the time, most people did not know how to use the internet. They didn't have understanding how the internet could help them. Now, but when I switched market to the to American market where I switched to, they understood that the internet could help them, but they just didn't know how to use it. You get the switch now. So what I decided to do was, okay, let me quickly go to the market that understood that the internet could help them, but they didn't know how to make it work for them. So my job was to switch to that market and help them use the internet so that they can make money uh, from there. So in 2008, I started, I switched to the American market where I was, where I was selling loads of stuff. 2008, then 2008 was when I when the agency got born, when I gave birth to it. Uh, but then it was originally Corey Fusion. So from Corey Fusion, we're making decent sales. To 2000, but we took off 2016, and that was when we had to rebrand to, to Avanza, from Corey Fusion to Avanza. Avanza simply means growth. So we switched, we switched off to that place, and the company took um, a great dimension. But the reason I started that company was because I want to prove to people that marketing, marketing is not an investment, it's an investment. Why do I mean? Most people um, just, you know, they believe that they should spend 5% of their marketing budget of their entire revenue on marketing. And I say, why should you spend 5% of your entire money on marketing or your, or your entire revenue on marketing when you can actually spend much more and get more money? The reason people spend 5% of their of their revenue on marketing, it's because they see marketing as an expense. So, but marketing is not an expense. But marketing becomes became an expense because there are too many people who promise heaven and earth and don't deliver anything. So you mm. invest money in your marketing. At the end of the day, you don't get anything. You don't get any return on your marketing investment. You don't get any. Everything becomes waste. So you say, hey, I don't want to do that again. But what if you give me one dollar? I'm able to give you a dollar fifty cent. I'm able to give you three dollars. I'm able to give you ten dollars. I'm able to give you hundred dollars. Now, if I can do that for you, to you, marketing will become an investment, and that is the truth. Marketing is an investment. So, since we've been working with our client, we've proven to them over and over again that marketing is actually an investment. So, if you know how to do it, if you understand the math, if you understand the metrics, if you understand everything, you see that marketing is truly, truly, truly. An investment. And that's what we do for our clients. That's why we have clients, list of clients who stay six months before they have the opportunity of working with us. Because they sure know that when we go to work together, we sure we help them make marketing an investment instead of an expense. Yeah, yeah. That I really like that whole philosophy, marketing as as an investment. And I think uh, certainly at the moment where we're in this uh, pandemic situation, and I think you know you see this right across the board throughout history and businesses that people think of marketing as an expense and they have this mindset around uh, scarcity, I think, um, whereas if, if you turn it into an investment. Now, the key thing you, you mentioned there, though, is, is you know, not promising the earth and then delivering nothing. Um, so what, what's your model to actually take that $1 and turn it into 3 or 10 Okay, here's the thing. We, depending on the state or where the business is at, depending on their unique position, depending on what they are going through, depending on what they want per time. 
because every business needs different things at different times. They're in different, they're different peculiar situations. So unlike most people who just tell you, hey, just give us money. We're going to work with you. We're going to help you move heaven, and we're going to even move the earth. Like, we don't make those promises. One, before we even take on client, we've got to be sure that we can actually help that client get the result that the client needs. If we're not absolutely sure, we're not going to work with you. Now, we prefer to work with people who sell prices stuff, like who sells stuff above $1,000, who sells stuff above $2,000 or something like that. The reason we like that is because if you sell prices stuff like $2,000, we can help you make something happen for your business. What I mean is, if you sell stuff for $2,000, we can spend, um, you can give us $1, in market, you can spend $1 in your marketing uh, budget and you get back $10 back because what you are selling is expensive. But if you sell stuff for $47, right, it's pretty going to be tough for you for us to get that kind of return on your marketing investment because we want to bring huge marketing investment, you know, back for every money you spend. I don't know if you get the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if, one of the things is that you must have you must sell expensive stuff for us to really help you, uh, you know, reach the goal that you want to reach. You understand? You, if you sell expensive stuff from $1,000 or $2,000, then we can really work with you to really help you get to where you want to get to really fast. So how, how do you, um, for those businesses that are perhaps not selling those high ticket items or, or have that mindset that their uh, clients can't afford that high ticket price how, how do you work to help them get to that point of building perhaps um, a scaffold that takes them up to those higher ticket items and also to find those this, uh, this is clients. a fantastic question this is a fantastic question because i tell people most times when we discuss when we have conversation with them what they often say is that hey my market people will not pay my market yes, is not yes. like this um my competitor is charging this amount. Therefore, because my competitor is charging one dollar, I'm going to charge one dollar, or I'm going to charge ninety cents. But here's the thing: the best way to fight a pricing war is by not retaliating on price. The best way to win a price war, because if you go to price war with your competitor, everybody's nobody's going to win. Everyone is going to lose because because nobody wins a price war nobody not you not your competitor nobody wins it so you don't just want to start at all and that is what we do basically so we tell we tell our we tell our, our, our people who come to us who want to work with us we tell them listen don't say no to your market when they've not said no to you what does that what does that mean so you believe nobody's going to pay you one thousand dollars but that's you saying so it's not the market that is saying so. If you believe what you are selling is good, if you believe what you are selling is going to transform people's life, if you believe what you are giving to people will help them, people will pay you anything to get their problem fixed. So long what you are selling to them is truly going to be useful. So long what you are selling to them is truly about providing results to them. So long you are selling to them, it's not just some commodity, but some transformation. People will pay for transformation. People will price, debate, and struggle to pay for commodity. Your job is to move your store from being a mere commodity 
to be a transformational product. That is what you mm. got to do if you want to be in business. And I tell you what, most times we had this client who was selling stuff for $197. And I say, hey, you know what? We're going to add another zero to that. So she struggled, like she struggled. Look, dude, I'm selling stuff for $197. I'm even struggling to get customers. You're telling me that I should add another zero to that? Have you got enough? I said, I haven't got enough, but that is what we're going to do. So we added another zero to it. As soon as we added another zero, we developed our proprietary systems for her. Within a month, she got two clients who paid her that money. And we have not even launched the, we've not even started spending. We've only spent just about $390 on marketing. As at this time, we're not even gone full into it. And then she had already gotten two clients who paid her almost $4,000, right? This was somebody who in a month struggles, like I mean struggles to even make $1,000. And before you know it, she, the, the business blew to six figure within just a period of 90 days. So the point I'm making is this, if you understand how to make money, if you understand how to charge, because I say this most of the time, Apple is a $2 trillion company. And it is a $2 trillion company for a reason. Now, look at Apple compared with Nokia. What happened to Nokia? How come? How did Nokia leave the market? What happened to them? What making Apple so strong? What made Apple a $2 trillion company? Right? What's making Tesla so successful today that are making lots of money? What's their secret? Look at all the big businesses around the world. You see that the price, the businesses who charge more are usually priced more in the stock market. Go check, go check it. So the point I'm making is, if you raise your pricing, you're gonna win over your competitor. And you see, there are three things we, te we teach people, like in our consulting program, three things. First, you can decide to charge to sell to the, 70% of people who want you to sell stuff for $47, or you can decide to sell to the 20 something percent of people who want you to sell stuff for them for $500, or you can decide to sell to the 3% of people who don't mind about pricing because they value their time over money. But most people make a mistake. Mm. They, 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 they don't care about, they, they, they waste all the time, you know, going after market, than have the value money over time. And that's the problem. So if you've got to market, if you've got to people who value money over time, you're going to keep having price resistance because these people, they don't have the money. What they have enough of is time. Your job is to go to the people who are at the top of the pyramid and they're just 3% of them. So don't go to the bottom of the pyramid. Don't go to the middle of the pyramid. Go to the top of the pyramid. That, and there are just about 3% of people like that in any market. And I say any market. I don't bloody care what you're selling. They're all over the place mm. in every market. Your job is to go to these 3% in the, in the market. And guess what? And win them there. That is your job. Instead of going to a people. So when we take our client. It doesn't matter what you sell. It doesn't matter what market you sell. We take them. We hold them and tell them, no, listen, you've got to go to this market. You're going to charge this fee. And then we create good offers for them. Because here's the thing, 
People don't know how to create offers. So we have a proprietary system we call magic offer sequence. So with our magic offer sequence, we're able to create a killer offer that even the market will feel stupid if they don't take it, take them up. So if you're selling stuff, pricing stuff, because you have a magic offer sequence, you're able to create a good offer to your market. And your market will hardly say no to you. And mind you, let me tell you something. The way I got started in my career, and the way, the way we help people do it is this. Instead of selling stuff to the, to the people at the down of the pyramid, we say, or instead of going from the down to the top of the pyramid, we say, no, go from the top to the down. So in other words, start selling stuff for $5,000. Then move to selling stuff for $1,000. Then move to selling stuff for $97. But most people make a mistake. They start from the $97 to the $1,000, and then to the $5,000. The problem with that is it is very tough to use that model. It is very tough to scale from that model. Why is it very tough? If you are just two people in your company and then you are starting for the $97, once you have a lot of sales, like let's say you get 1,000 customers and you are charging $97, don't forget the two of you cannot handle that that's a market. The, you cannot fulfill to the customers. You will need more hand. By that, you will need to employ staff. Because you're employing staff, you'll be spending more money out of your business, right? But if you move to the $5,000, start down from the top of the pyramid, what happens is that you are charging $5,000. You need, you may just need three, four, five clients in a month or six clients in a month to hit $30,000 in a month, right? So, you can even one person can handle that there's no there'll be no, there'll be no too much stress on the business these are the things that business need to put in consideration that's why he said your pricing model is as important as anything in your business hmm. yeah it's fascinating um i mean i i really i'm i'm really curious how you do that transformation i mean i love the the idea that you know you transform people's lives you add value and if if you add value, then they're prepared to pay for that value. Um, and and I like the whole concept around go after the market who value time more than money. The what I'm curious about is, you know, you talked about the example of of the business who you got to 10x their their price. How do you um, present that value then to these people at the top of the pyramid so that they see that there's a transformation there, that they see this offer as something they have to have, regardless of what it costs almost. Okay, for us or for our customer, which one? For the customer's customer. So, so you know, you, okay. you, you've taken your customer and you've said 10x your price, and now we're going to help you um, position your offer in a way that, people see that there's value in paying that 10 times price what you were charging before. So how do you position that offer in a way that, that there's value in that for their customer, their potential customer? So, uh, okay. So um, the way we help people first is by helping them overcome their mindset limitation. And that is the major thing we do. Once we do that, we help them create an offer using what we call the magic offer sequence. So we want to look at what is it that your competitors are offering, right? What is it that they have? What is it that they are selling? 
Now, once we know what they are selling, the next thing we want to do, we want to 10x it. We want to give 10 times more than what they are giving to the market. Now, we want to help the market by actually helping them. So one of the ways we do that, for instance, um, we demonstrate we can help them. For example, um, one of the market we play in, where computers come is the is those in the building business. So um, there's this kitchen, people who install kitchen utensils and all those things. So one of the ways we help, we tell them, look, instead of charging, what do you do before people come to your market? They say, okay, uh, basically, they help, they, we, we first of all design the kitchen for them. We say, okay, don't charge for that design, design you do, that initial design. Usually they, they, they should charge like $2,000 for that design. I say, don't charge for that design. Demonstrate to the market that you can help them by giving them that design for free instead of charging your $2,000. So they're like, ah, that's going to be crazy. No, what you are doing is you are trying to demonstrate to the market that you can help them by designing that stuff for, this, for free and helping them install or implement that design you made. I don't know if you get it, if you follow now. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. So you design that for free. You are demonstrating to them that you can help them. Now let me give you, let me practicalize this example so you understand. Let's say you you're, you're staying in a room, right? You're living in a room, and then in that room there are about ten thousand cockroaches. Like where you are now, you wake up in the morning and you see ten thousand cockroaches in that room. So you went out. You try to get people to help you get off the cockroaches. You went to um, fumigation companies or whatever companies you went to. You go to the first company. The, the first company say, hey, before we leave our office, you are going to pay us $5,000. Then you go to the next people. The next person say, no, before we leave, you are going to pay us $2,500 before we leave. Eventually, you saw a guy who is a newbie who has never done anything before. And these other guys are established in the market. But these ones, they don't know anything. He's just getting started. He's a lone man, right? And he's even working from his house. He doesn't have an office. He says to you, listen, what we're going to do, I'm going to go to that place. I'm going to help you kill, to prove to you that I can actually help you. I can actually do this work. I'm going to help you kill 500 of these cockroaches in your house. So when I kill 500, for me to kill the remaining 9,500, you're going to pay me X. So which of these three offers are you going to take? Mm, I'll probably look at the third one really seriously. Yeah, see, exactly. So, so you go there. The guy said, look, let's go there. So he goes there. What he does is he destroys, he kills the 500 mosquitoes and cockroaches. And you see them, that they, they are killed. So you would likely go to listen to him and say, hey, guy, let us do business with you. Let me do business with this guy. Let me buy from him. Let me do, let me take him let me take him seriously, and that is what I I want you to also look at. So that's one way we look at creating offer. We have about nine um, way nine things we put together to create an offer we believe is a magical offer that wins the market. So and that is what you should also be doing when you try to sell to your market, when you try to win your market, when you try to to want to get over your market, you need to use what we call the magical. Um, offer sequence to be able to create offer that make the market look stupid if they don't take it. Mm. Yeah, that's fascinating. Now, how would that work in in an information kind of um, business? Let's say a consulting business that provided um, 
training or or um yeah information the way it works okay even for us right for one of our okay let's use one of our client who who, who, who runs a top um, hro consulting firm so before you recruit people there are processes you must design that's why you need to you must you must design a process for them okay you want ten thousand staff or you want okay let's say you want 500 staff what are the quality you sit down with these people you are helping them why do you need 500 people right what do you i need 500 people because our business we are growing everything now we want more hands we want to have people who are the kind of people you need so this question as you're asking this question it's helping you develop a customized plan for that people so as if you sell information product the first thing you could do instead of doing this stupid sales call people do sales call are not things i think people should do because they are meant to collect money from people nothing else so instead of doing sales call you could do a customized plan section with the customer where you truly help them by helping them for free by providing the solution so even if they don't become customer with you they immediately leave the place and they leave satisfied and they can recommend you to people i don't know if that makes sense mm. yeah that that absolutely makes sense so you leave no one behind yes even, yes even in that conversation even if they decide not to buy yeah yes Love yes it. and and sales call and you shouldn't just be doing the traditional sales call that everyone does because everyone does sales call like so and uh, you okay, want to sell they just they're in a hurry to make to make sales they're in a hurry to collect money from the customer they just make sales. In fact, when you get on call when they call it strategy call you know it's a sales call because when you jump on that call it's all about um let's talk but in in, in this custom strategy section you are doing what you are doing in this strategy, customized strategy section, you are actually providing a customized blueprint and they see it clearly. Okay, for instance, somebody is running an ad and the ad is not yielding return on their marketing investment, they are losing money. So we sit down to look at, let us diagnose what the problem is. We sit down, we look at it. What do you think if we do this, this will happen? Let us do this. So we give them all the highlight that needs to be done. Now, we, you can ask them, should I implement it for you or you want to implement it yourself? Most times, they'll say, hey, since you provided this, you provided this insight for us, we think you should be the one to help us implement it and you can do it better than we can do it. So it's easier. It's easier for them. So they, they, mm. they, have, a, they, have, a, they have a copy, an advertising copy, and the advertising copy is not doing well. So you meet with them, say, hey, because of this, this is not good. We think you should change this and change this and change this. You give them a blue of what to do exactly so they see like okay that's cool so you ask them do you want to execute it yourself or you want us to work together they're like okay no let us help us to execute it because if you can provide this insight for us it means you can help us right so you, you they see an offer that they are not selling they are not making the most money they should they could make they're, they're making it maybe like one million dollars every single year so you look at them you tell them look I believe that if we change this offer, if we tweak this place, tweak it like this, tweak it like this, instead of us to make $1 million, we're gonna end up making $2.5 million in the next 12 months. So what do you think? Would you want to execute it yourself or would you want help executing it? They most likely will say, help us execute it. Because mm. you, are, you are showing them, you are showing them clearly that they have 1.5 million Naira, uh, sorry, $1.5 million on the table. You are showing them that look, look at it. You, you got twelve, you, you got one million dollar last year. If you execute this thing, I'm showing you 
you are you will be you will not make one million dollars now you're going to make one you're going to make 2.5 million dollars and because you've shown them it's very clear to them and it makes sense to them then because it's money they're most likely going to say yes let me get let me work with us so that we can execute it so you're going to you're not start working with them to execute that plan you came up with i don't know if it makes sense mm, no it makes absolute sense and and if you're working with the right people, those that value time over money, then it, it makes sense for them to say yes to that offer. Now, if you was, that's, that's what we're going to come into targeting too. We're going to talk about getting the people, the market. Because that kind of offer, you don't place it in the front of the people in the down or in the lower side of the pyramid. That's not what you do. Because if you do that to them, if you give it to the wrong people, because they have time, they are going to execute it. Mm. Because they have time. They don't have money, they have time. So that kind of offer is what you place in front of people who have money but don't have time. So most likely they're going to say yes to it because they have the money, they don't have time. And they value money, they value time over money. So they're going to say, okay, do it for us. We don't have time. Just execute it for us. That is how it works. Yeah. So how do, how do you get really clear about who those people are that that are in your dream client space and also at the top of the pyramid so they value time more than money so we have a method which we do a property system we call 96 over 4 so the 96 over 4 method it's going after 4% of your market that brings in 96% of your revenue hmm so the way we do that is we sit down before we go into the market. Where could these people be? Who are these people? Because first you need to know, that's why it starts, you need to know what kind of a business do you want to build? That's the first thing you answer first. That's the first thing you answer. What kind of a business do you want to build? You must answer that question first. Because once you answer that question, once you know the kind of business you want to build, that will not determine who you want to sell to. So it starts from this self-awareness of by asking yourself, what kind of a business do I really want to build? Who am I? Why am I existing? What's my purpose? You're going to ask yourself that question first. Because if mistake people make is they go out to the market without knowing what they want to build. And because they don't know what they want, what they want to build, any kind of person they meet, they do business with them. So first, you, you start by answering, what kind of a business do you want to build? Once you answer that question, that will, not, that will not take you to the next step. Okay, I want to build a business. I want to have 50 staff on my payroll. If that's what you want, you know that you're not going to sell stuff for $17, $20. You know that because that will, not, that, will not, that will not help you build the kind of business you want to build. So the next thing is you want to look for a market that is affluent enough. Now, first, the market you are going for must be affluent right so you must be you, you go to a market you must look for the affluence section of the market i'll give you a typical example for one of our companies let me give you a typical example for one of our companies so we have this company we call it it's called i ministry i ministry help um social um non-profit organizations specifically churches right to make um to help them spread their gospel spread their message and all those things so what we do with i ministry when we started the company we're very deliberate we, 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 we don't just help all churches. There are many churches all over the world, different type of churches, right? There's Catholic church, there's Roma, there's Roma Catholic and everything. 
we decided to go specifically to Pentecostal church. Now, if you look at the pyramid, Christianity is big. Within the Christianity, there are many, many beliefs, many, many churches under it. So we went for one, which is the um, Pentecostal churches. So why did, and not just the Pentecostal churches, we also went that we also went down to say for us to work with a Pentecostal church, they must have first their own cathedral, their own church, their own church building first. Not just that, they must have a minimum of two thousand members. I don't know if you're getting it now. Now, yeah, this is yeah. us. This is us trying to go to people who are small but big enough to pay us, big enough to sustain our business. And that blew up that company like crazy. So these are the things you want to you want to check, you want to sit down to ask yourself, what do you do? Who do you want to sell to? Because what like I said about that company, it helped us quickly to grow that company very, very fast and rapidly because we chose to find who we want to sell to. And and that's what you should be doing in your business as well. I don't know if that answers yeah, your question. Yeah. Yeah, certainly does. I love it. And uh, it comes back to our process of of the lighthouse and being really clear about who we are, why we're in business and and the message that we put out and then identifying the dream customer. So you've you know, you've really targeted that to the people that value time over money are at the top of the pyramid and mm -hmm. and that um, 96 four method, which is, um, yeah, it's a really great way to look at it. This is fascinating, Johnson. I could uh, keep talking for ages, but I'm just looking at the time and, and I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. And it's okay. designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. Mm -hmm. I've got five questions. Hopefully you'll give us some really insightful answers and inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result today. Awesome. Well, look, let's do it. Yeah, so the number one question is, What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? What you need to do is to do. Like most people just want to be, uh, they want to achieve something without doing anything. First, if you want to be innovative, <laughs> you, must, you must do, you must execute, you must take risks. Don't be afraid to take risks. Take risks, fail, and keep trying. That's what I think you should do, always. Don't be afraid to, to try, always try. Always, always try. That's one thing. If you want to be innovative, and then you know, most people, people who are innovative are people who always try new things. So you must be ready to try different things and never be scared of failure. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a really important thing. So execute, take action, and and accept failure as as a learning experience. I love it. Correct. So, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Okay, so what I have done is. I keep trying new stuff. I keep I, I make a lot of experiment. I try stuff. Some work, some don't work. But I learn and I get innovative. So when we come up with that, like when we came up with one of our property system, people were, were saying to us, like, how the heck do you guys think? Like, how do you come up with these kind of ideas? And like how 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 can you get so creative that you come up with this? And but the truth of the matter is, even though I smile and we smile over it, the truth of the matter is because we try new things more than anybody else like we experiment a lot like we want to be sure if you say something is working we want to know why it is working if you say something is not working mm. we want to know why it is not working and that's what i think everybody should also try to experiment too 
you know, you got to experiment stuff, you got to try new things. You, you, you may fail, but it helps you to become more innovative. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love doing the experiments and then, um, as you say, sort of digging into why things work or, or don't work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? What's what? I didn't get that, sorry. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often, a tool or a... Oh, um, yeah, favorite tool. I use um, Infusionsoft, that's a favorite CRM because it allows me, you know, customize a lot of stuff. So I love that. I love that mm. campaign as well. Like these are expensive tools, but we, we love to use them. They're part of our business, you know, every single day. And then I I love those two, those two tools. I also love to do um, a lot of um, recording. There's this recording app for my phone. I've forgotten the name now. So it allows me to do some short, short video, which I post on um, on um, TikTok. I'm just experimenting new TikTok at this time. So it allows me to do that. I also have, um, um, you know, Stripe. It's a payment system that we use. Like it's 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 a tool that. I can I use everything because it's very important. And then after we use again because it allows us to filter out any serious customers before they get to us is judge form. Like judge form is mm. it's a huge part of our business because we, we want to filter out people who are not serious because we don't want to spend that. You know, I talked about helping people uh, execute that custom plan, right? So yeah, you also want to build stuff that prevents people who are not serious to come in. So that you'll be spending more time with people who are very serious, you know. So that too allows us to do that, and there's nothing we'll, we'll be able to do with that um, job form. So it's like the tool we use every single day. Mm. So it's it, it's like putting together a questionnaire that uh, gets you some information as well as filters out the people that are not serious. Yes, so that we will know that hey, this guy, you're not serious. Or we are not the kind of person that can help you, so we can direct yeah. to people who can help you, so that we don't just spend that time because we take that uh, forty-five minutes seriously because it is not a sales call. It is not. It is not. A, it's yeah. not you. We, we we sit down with you to ex, to execute your plan with you. So if we know it's going to be very useful to you, we know we're going to help you, but we want to help you and make sure that we are actually helping you. You know, and and that's that's why we don't joke with that with that time at all. We want to make sure we're using it and the ultimate time. So we use that that thing to 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 filter out on serious people before they even get to us. Mm. Mm. Okay, I love it. All right, and what's the best way to keep a project on track? Well, um, we for for us for our team, we use Slack a lot. We use Slack to keep our project mm -hmm. know what's happening. We want to be sure that. Um, Every member of the team is executing what they, what, they, what they promised to execute when they say they will execute it. So we use Slack to know what is happening. And then we also have a custom tool we also use, you know, for to monitor our client's revenue. So because we, we were very big on having clients, you know, make money, right? So we, with that tool we, we build, which we use in-house, it allows us to tell, to tell, okay, this client, you're making this money. You, this client, you, you're good, and then we use it, we keep using it like that to monitor, okay, today this client made $80, today this client made $2,000. So we, we use that tool to track what, they are, what they're making. And it, it's a custom build tool, actually. We call it revenue metrics. So we use that to track everything our client is making, every single thing.
Mm. Which is which is the promise you've made, right? Yes, which is the promise we made. Because we tell them that look, listen, don't judge us by anything. Don't judge us by your Facebook followers. Don't judge us by your Twitter followers. Don't judge us by all those things. We don't bloody care about all those things. Judge us by only one thing: the how much we're making. How much are you giving to us, and how much are we making you? That's the metric we care about, because that's what matters to your business after all. Okay, and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? By doing the exact opposite of what everybody else is doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you go to the market. When they zig, you are zagging. When they are zagging, you are zigging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. And so charge 10 times what other people are charging. It's, it's controversial, really. The market, the market, people are yeah. saying the market, when I first got started, um, they told me the market, nobody's going to pay $3,000. I said, I'm not going to charge $3,000. I'm going to be charging $5,000. Like, what? Are you crazy? What's saying people are not going to pay $3,000? You are saying, that's what I'm going to charge, $5,000. And it, it looked like I was stupid. It looked like it didn't make sense. But fast forward today, a lot of people, a lot, when I say a lot of people, they appreciate me because I've been able to help them by charging more. You know, so that's what I also think everybody should also do. You know, do the exact opposite of what the market is saying. Don't listen to what people are saying. Test the market. That's what. That's how you know if you will win or not. Don't say no to yourself when the market has not said no to you. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay, well, this has been fabulous, Johnson. Now, where can people reach out and find more about you and, and even say reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? And also, I believe you have a new book, Deep Pocket Clients. So where yes. can people find out more about that? So, Deep Pocket Clients is an amazing book. It's, 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 it's a book that we've sold over 14,000 copies and people love it to date. It's just um, three months in the market already. And we've done just about um, 14,000 copies sold already. Um, it's a book that helps you, you know, to get customers who, this whole process we're talking about, the book shows mm. you how to make it happen for your business. Now, the reason I wrote the Pocket Client is because working with us is expensive. Most people want to work with us, but they can't afford working with us. So what happened is that I then decide how do I help them? I then try to put a process in a book form. So that you can see how you can also use it to also acquire the kind of customer you want to get. So you, you can Google deep pocket clients. You'll see it to pop up. Uh, you can go to uh, Twitter. You can Google. You can enter on the search bar. You can enter Johnson Emmanuel. You will find, you'll see me with my smiling face. Uh, you, can also, <laughs> you can also go to johnsonemmanuel.com. johnsonemmanuel.com. You'll find it there. Or you go to Havanza. Havanza. H A V A. N-Z-E-R-O, H-A-V-A-N-Z-E-R-O.com. You'll find it there. Great. And, and we'll post links in the show notes to all of those places so people can click straight through. Do you have some parting advice for our listener today, Johnson? I do. So, um, Guy, I want you to look at yourself. What kind of a business do you want to build? Like, what kind of a business do you want to build? And only you can answer that question. Once you know that you want to build a business, you know you're good, you, you, you have good heart, you want to help people, then you need to make sure that you answer the question of what kind of business you want to build. Now, once you know the kind of business you want to build, then the next thing you want to do is want to go to customers where there is money. Customers who have money to fund your vision. That's what you should do. So go to customers who have money to fund your vision. 
Because if your vision is not funded, you can't help people. Your dream will just end up as a dream. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Your vision, um, your dream will just end up as a dream if you don't have somebody to fund your vision. Hmm. That's great parting advice. Now, finally, Johnson, who else should I get on this show and why? Oh, gosh. I, there, there are a lot of people. I really said that there's so many people I have I, that just came up into my mind. Um, oh, God. Okay, you can get... Um, have you tried to get um, get Ni Patel, get Ronan Zemera, get um, Akian Lapid? There's too many people that are just coming up. Like, if you want, I can send them to you via email so you can get them on the show. They're amazing guys. We are, we are killing it in a big way. Yeah, okay. I'll, I will reach out to you and get those introductions via email and uh, we'll bring those people on the show. Yeah, that'll be good. Well, thanks for that. This has been fabulous. I've really enjoyed our conversation today, Johnson, and, and there's been so much there's been so much value in this and um, I hope people take away a lot from that and uh, ask themselves that question. What kind of business do you want to build and and who's going to help me fund that vision? So all the best for the future and let's stay in touch. Okay, that'll be fine. I think we should stay in touch. I definitely will. Thank you. hope you enjoyed that engaging and really informative conversation with Johnson and took something away from his episode. For me, the big takeaway was the recommendation to focus on clients that value time over money. I'd love to know what you took away from Johnson's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Johnson Emmanuel. That is J-O-H-N. S-O-N-E-M-M-A-N-U-E-L, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Johnson Emmanuel. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Johnson, as well as links to the Havanza website, to the book Deep Pocket Clients, to Johnson's social media pages, and also the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, I do encourage you to go to the blog post and leave a comment about your big takeaway. And also, if you like this episode, please do share it with two other people. Don't keep it to yourself because if it's going to help somebody else, it's really up to you to share. Tag me in on that share so that I can thank you with a special surprise gift. Johnson suggested that we have a conversation with Nia Patel of Belk on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Nia, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Johnson Emmanuel. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up including the author of Exit Rich, Michelle Seiler Tucker and the author of Intuitive Marketing, Steve Jenko. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. 
I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.